This episode of the only podcast about movies was recorded a little differently. Sadly, or not so sadly, I got a new board. Hooray! The problem was, it sounds probably a little bit different, and this is the first time we're recording with it. So if you hear any odd pops or a li- this little bit of an echo, or you hear my cat meowing incessantly 90,000 times, please forgive us, and next week we'll have all those errors ironed out. Enjoy the show! What is up, Internet? Nike, just get this shit over with. My name is Matthew Kroll. And running is suffering. My name is Shahir Dowd. Some of us have a past, and some of us are Nazis. And I'm Stephen Roberts, back again. And this (laughs) is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Air. Air, the story, a story of greatness. That's is the, that the that, full title? That is the full title in, on, oh, really? on Amazon Prime. Oh, wow. If you I look up Amazon Prime right now, it says, Air, A Story of Greatness. Oh, By the great. way, just, just to clarify, which one of us are Nazis? Just just so we were oh. cool on it. Uh, mm. I'll go with none of us. <laughs> good answer, good answer, the good answer. Some of us yeah. would be that some people out there are, in fact, Nazis. It's a surprising 2023, right? Like, it's not just the plot of an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. There are actual Nazis That's, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was surprising in 2016, and I feel like it's been getting slowly normalized ever since. Hi, everyone. Steven, <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. This is a twofer. I think this is a very rare twofer. We don't yeah. normally do twofers. No, not in a row. So this is uh, almost the three-peat. Yep. Can we make it to a three-peat? Ooh, what would be the third movie? <laughs> what would be the th- well? We're gonna do past lives next week. I haven't seen that. Haven't you know, on the week that Spider Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider Man, we're, we're gonna do, we're gonna do a little indie film that that I'm very excited about. Okay, uh, but you were here for our Fast X episode. Have people been harassing you on the street since you walked out? No. Uh, did that episode? No, people been telling yet. you that you're wrong. That happens to us a lot. Gosh, you know, I've <laughs> actually been super excited to hear. I know uh, there's been a few. Uh, <laughs> tweets out there uh, some Instagram posts and it seems like people love the series so I want to see <laughs> if that is the case in terms of the emails and some of the feedback you guys have gotten and I again and I'm also uh, we'll get to those uh, fast X emails but I'm very excited that you came here to join us because you have some unique insight yes into the story of Michael Jordan and Nike uh, uh, maybe we can add some stuff here about the the story of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon perhaps we can add some stuff here about the Amazon Prime of it all maybe we can do something about the artist equity of it at all uh, this is going to be an interesting t- the interesting conversation the also the the sort of phenomenon of the business movie which is uh, mm-hmm. kind of becoming more prevalent you know things like moneyball uh, the social network those are both you know Aaron Sorkin movies but yeah. you know like uh, you just did Tetris as well oh yeah um, so yeah I have to see Tetris yeah, yeah there's a lot we can do mm-hmm. we can unpack here uh, especially and uh, if you, everyone looks under these seats I've also bought everyone a new pair of Jordans oh wow, oh, wow. Yeah. thanks you hey yeah, wait a minute <laughs> this says this says <laughs> this isn't Jordans this is Jordash yeah. it's, on, it's uh, <laughs> Air Jordash Air Jordash they're very small as yeah, well they yeah. want yeah. that Oshkosh Pagosh um, it's funny of the three of us mm-hmm. well I, I i have zero uh history with with basketball and or athletic shoes mm-hmm. um so i feel like from a uh cultural touch point stand standpoint i won't really have um a ton to add unless we're starting <laughs> to talk about nba jam okay in okay. which case boom shakalaka he's heating up he's on fire although famously michael jordan didn't appear in nba jam that right? is also true so i guess we're not going to talk about it <laughs> well i think this might be a lot to talk about you yeah. have night uh late 80s early 90s culture and yeah. i feel like 
that is okay. everything we are. Reagan, I can, yeah. I can also, actually speak to that greatly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Reagan era capitalism. Yeah. 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 We can all speak to the effects of that <laughs> exactly. throughout our yeah. entire yeah. adult lives. Yes, we can. Yep. All right. But we got a couple of emails here on our Fast X episode, which we did last week. By the way, I didn't understand the whole reference to Fast 10 your seatbelt. Fast 10 your seatbelt. Until I saw it written down. So I'm a bit of an idiot about that, but that was posted a couple of times as well. Uh, Matt, do you want to read out our first email from Muhammad? I would love to. Muhammad writes. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. I will only see movies with my mom now. Let me explain. I know, that's kind of sweet. Starting with the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, it has become one of my favorite franchises ever, and me and uh, with me being a car person. I've enjoyed them a lot. But lately, my enjoyment of the past few entries has been soured by this, in my opinion, moronic discussion about whether the action is too outlandish or the wait, are they in space now (laughs) debacles. Yes. Uh, So last week... I took my mom to see Fast X, and to my delight, from the first big action set piece, she was on board. <laughs> she did not roll her eyes when Dom drove his charger down a dam or when he <laughs> used those helicopters as slingshots. Side note, those aren't spoilers because they're in the trailer. Yeah, they're in the trailer. <laughs> um, she just said, yes. <laughs> Throughout the film, there was pure joy on her face while seeing the spectacle, which made me like the movie even more. And sometimes I think if a movie can deliver that kind of joy, then it's all right in my book. P.S. I can never unsee how well Shahir's face fit in with Momoa's. I want the fact, <laughs> I want the fast X Shahir cut now. I that love would it. be amazing. Um, yeah, no, uh, just just uh, you know behind the scenes there, Matt does all the Photoshop work on the show. So if I <laughs> if I fit in well, it's because of Matt's uh, Photoshop skills. Uh, nothing else. Yeah, shout out to Muhammad and Muhammad's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, taking yeah. your mom to the movie, I think, is the best thing you can do. Yeah. It's the nicest thing you can do. And like at some point, I always think that I'm uh, humoring my mom when I take her to movies mm-hmm. or I'm trying to pick movies for her, but she loves it. Yeah, like, you know, no, like, movies we, we, are a magical experience. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah. And uh, if your movie with your mom is Fast X or Fast and the Furious, I guess you're our family. Well, yeah. I, it's funny. Uh, the the the. <laughs> concept of taking your parents to the Fast Family franchise uh, was introduced to me again by Patrick Willems. Right. Because he has a whole thing. He showed his parents them and now they're all kind of interested in it. And right. so I, I kind of want to do that with my parents. Yeah. Though I think I'd probably still start with five. Fair. fair. I think that's probably the place <laughs> to start. No, I feel like you can start from the beginning. Really? Yeah. You, you, you think, the, think... The, the DVD heist is still going to Yeah, yeah. I think that'll connect. Yeah, and I think, again, it's family. <laughs> so what, that I can yeah. That's speak... your catch-all for everything, <laughs> by the way. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can only speak to my own experience with it, right? Like, I don't... I think the reason why I do like the originals as much as I do is because I started paying attention at five, six, that I'm like, wait, hold on. That's fair. Oh, ooh. And then, like, I cared more. Mm-hmm. But I, listen, that was, I mean, family. I don't know. Well, I want to uh, also <laughs> apologize for the moronic discussions about whether the action is too outlandish and uh, the wait, are they in space now? I think that's me, right? Like, I'm oh, the yeah, one yeah, leading yeah, that moronic 100%. discussion. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, Jacob <laughs> yeah. writes in, despite having some foundational memories of being introduced to the Fast franchise at a cool friend's cool cabin whoa Uh, (laughs) i always found the films to be well cheesy and underwhelming Mm. they seem to be telling me to turn my brain off and i felt really confused by my friends who sounded like fools as they knotted their brains trying to defend them um any responses to that before jacob gives us some other movie recommendations that he thought we might be interested in how dare (laughs) how dare he seems he's hurt 
Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all. <laughs> no, like but I, I, you know what? I think I <laughs> there's a part of what Jacob's saying here, which I I, I tend to agree with. And again, mm-hmm. I am the moronic person leading that discussion, which is that I can appreciate the movies on a real fundamental. Well, this is dumb, but I'm just having a good time. Yeah. You know, like I, I. But it's when people are like, "Oh, this is meaningful," or it matters that they went into space, or of course they could jump, you know, two cars between buildings in Abu Dhabi because that's how this mechanics of this work. That's when I'm sort of like. Yeah, come on, guy. I guess my point is he started off the email, uh, my cool friend's cool cabin. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's okay, big, okay. Yeah, he's a big hater. Shout out, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob, I, I love what Jacob Wright said. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I cannot relate here. We are now diverging down the separate roads once again. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, Jacob, again, has been writing us in for a while and um, has recommended these movies to us before, and he's absolutely right. We should do this movie, Nine Days, which has... Um, uh, what's the actor's name from Black Panther? Um, uh, who was also in Us? I've gone blank. He's got the amazing thighs. Uh, Winston Duke. Winston Duke, I believe, is in Nine Days. And uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that the amazing thighs wasn't my clue, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is my clue. Like, because yeah. I, I, I saw this meme that was like it was the summer of thighs, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I, and so I whipped yep. my thigh out mm-hmm. to Shivali, and I was like, check this out, it's my yeah. time has come. Uh, didn't quite work out that way. Um, so Nine Days is a movie that we have been meaning to see for a while. I, pr- Jacob, again, I appreciate you continually reminding us of this movie because it will slip through the cracks unless you email us in as you've been doing at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com uh, also recommended was Columbus the uh, Cogognata film uh, which I have seen I feel like our time with Columbus is maybe past it's an amazing movie uh, Haley Lou Richardson is in it and um, I'm going blank on actors now but uh, he was just in Cowboy Bebop and Harold and Kumar's oh god you guys know who I'm talking about yeah. why am I going blank on this he was in the movie Missing as well as, and and he was the lead in Cowboy Bebop yeah but that I, 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 oh wow, my god wow, that's this so is, bad uh, that yeah, I, yeah this is really bad oh, I apologize I to all of our is. listeners we are not qualified to be podcasters like, I know yeah, like Cal Penn yeah I know Cal Penn like off the top of my head <laughs> but I can't, yeah, think, can't of, think of yeah 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 okay anyway we're gonna continue on that while you pull up the name and some movie and right now everybody is listening to us going you fucking idiots yeah uh, and some movies of late that were interesting to Jacob was Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. My wife really wants to see this. She loved the book back in the day. Uh, Jacob writes, It's great acting, not too heavy, not too light. I wish there were more films like this for me to see when I was growing up as a young male teenager. Or perhaps there were, but I wasn't seeing them. Uh, number four is Carmen. It's a dreamy performance, dance-heavy film. Neat. This is uh, got uh, Paul uh, Miscal. Uh, again, I don't know why I'm so bad at names today. Um, Blackberry. <laughs> In the conversation that we are having about movies about business sure i hear blackberry is excellent and glenn howerton why do i can why can i remember glenn howerton's name uh but not but john not, john cho oh. but not john john cho's name i don't know but uh blackberry apparently is excellent i've been meaning to see that for a while and i totally for, forgot master gardener the new paul schrader film uh apparently it's a sort of one in a trilogy of films with first reformed and the card counter uh and master gardener which is about Lost Men, you know, kind of like Taxi Driver, like Paul Schrader written. I've been meaning to see this for a while. Uh, 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 Jacob writes, it's a strange film and not my favorite of Schrader's, but I think would generate some great discussion, probably in reference to that first quote from Stevens as well, from what I heard. Mm -hmm. That'd be giving away a spoiler. Thank you, Jacob. And thanks to everyone who writes us in at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or hits us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. Matt. Jacob, by the way, just like rewatch Fast Five again. (laughs) 
<laughs> instead yeah. of instead of nine days with Columbus. Yeah. It's, well, maybe <laughs> instead of Columbus. Just here's a question. And Jacob, you don't Columbus have to, of course. is amazing. But here's the question. Because I'm unfamiliar with the Columbus movie. I also yeah. hate Christopher Columbus as a as it's a It's got as nothing to do with Christopher Columbus. Oh, great. That's good. Yeah. Then I'm it's, good. Then yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about architecture and I think oh. it's set in Columbus, Ohio. Awesome. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. That's okay, pretty good. It's Did got, you think mm, I thought I, it was gonna be about Columbus Columbus? It's a beautiful movie about Johnny John Cho's character is returning his father is a famous architect. Okay. And and he's returning to grieve his father's death, and it is this beautiful exploration of of loss and, oh, and comfort and yeah. and yeah and okay. and, the, and the legacy we leave behind. I gotta say, just I'm gonna say this on a personal <laughs> level. I feel like we're recording this at a different time than usual. We're working on completely new tech. I don't know if you can hear this differencing sound in our voice. My brain is not like fully on board yet because <laughs> yeah. I'm checking nine thousand things. So <laughs> hey, everyone, this is episode four hundred and blankety blank. Yeah. Uh, just give us a little slack on this. We'll, we'll get names better next week. <laughs> In fairness, I did think it was also about Christopher Columbus, and I was like, oh, and that, me praising it was yeah. like, it was weird. But tell us what the new Ben Affleck movie, uh, streaming now on Amazon Prime, uh, probably not funded by Nike, but certainly involved uh, invo- involving the history of one of the most important or culturally relevant. Uh, sports shoe apparel Deals? cultural brands yeah. of our of our generation. Can you tell us what Air: The Story of Greatness is about? Uh, so here, sorry, hold on. I had to pause real quick. The poster says Air courting a legend. Oh, is that is that a different title there? <laughs> so <laughs> I think that then also it, IMDb just says Air. Here, here uh, on uh, Air in the title it says Air: A Story of Greatness. Oh wow! There, go back. I, move your move oh, your the Amazon air. one. A story of greatness. a story of greatness. But here on the poster, it says in the same font, "Air courting a legend." Well, wow. um, you know, how many is this a uh, Edge of Tomorrow um, uh, sort of situation where they live, be. die, repeat? Yeah. Well, I, th- I, I maybe it's also like you know how when uh, Ryan Koo was on uh, our podcast talking about his movie Amateur. Yep. Uh, on Netflix, they trialed different uh, oh. thumbnails depending on who was looking at it. Email us in, OlyMoviePodcast <laughs> yeah. at gmail.com, and tell us what subtitle for air you are seeing. Right. Uh, depending on your region. Okay, but by the way, no matter what, <laughs> the baseline three-letter word air film, yeah. uh, IMDb says it's about this. Air follows the history of shoe salesman Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. Okay, let's get this out the way. Yes. Uh, Kobe or Jordan? Oh, Michael Jordan. Okay, LeBron or Jordan? Michael Jordan. Okay, uh, Drake's Lord Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. <laughs> I would say Michael Jordan as well, but I also say I know Jordan. nothing. Michael Jordan. Pippen or Jordan? Uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, this is going to be a deep one for me, but Luke Longley or Jordan. Ooh, <laughs> Just because Luke Longley's Australian. And I tough one, him. but I uh, still think I have to go with Michael Jordan. John oh, yeah, Cho yeah. or Jordan? Ooh. <laughs> now. Now I say this. Cal Penn. Yeah, yeah. I say yeah. this because uh, I grew up playing basketball. Uh, I played basketball um, through high school and a little bit through college in New Zealand. Now, college level basketball in New Zealand is not like college level basketball here. Mm-hmm. But I'm six foot four, um, so uh, I'm big. I, I have some ball skills. Um, so uh, basketball was a big deal for me growing up. Um, and Michael Jordan is the epicenter of everything that we love and adore about basketball. Um, uh, what this movie got me to do, uh, and then a weird thing happened with me though, which is that once Michael Jordan retired, I stopped playing ball. 
Interesting. Like okay. I really like stop playing. I, yeah. huh. I will play by myself. You know, like I I, I avoid um, uh, two on two or three on threes uh, on the court because I have bad ankles now. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely I will just go out and play by myself, and and that's what I kind of like to do, and I like to practice by myself. But I don't play basketball anymore. Si- it, ironically, since Michael Jordan retired, did you switch to baseball? I did not switch to baseball, uh, and I'm not a very good gambler. Um, <laughs> Golf. <laughs> Uh, I you know I actually wanted to pick up go- I, I have played golf my whole life oh, wow. um, but I had like haven't played recently and mm-hmm. I was thinking about picking it mm-hmm. up again yeah. um, my point being is that Michael Jordan represents a lot to me personally because of the basketball thing but it's also important to note that probably in the history of athletics and sports in the world there are only a few names that enter the the uh, pantheon of of transcendent athletes, yeah. right? So you know, like in the last dance, which I which I watched this mm-hmm. week in preparation for this episode, um, you know, they mentioned Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali. Yep. Um, any other name? I like I, you know, I'm Tiger Woods, perhaps. So I think if we look on like kind of a global scale, you might have uh, the Pele's or yeah, Maradona's, yeah. Uh, Lionel Messi, yeah. and um, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo kind of being a bit more contemporary. Yeah. But I do think. And maybe Babe Ruth in terms baby of America. Yeah, ba- yep. Baby Ruth. Yeah. But in terms of that's also <laughs> baby super Ruth. specific great candy bar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also uh, baseball is very specific to America and maybe uh Japan and Korea. Yeah. But I feel like the comparison of Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan, maybe a Pele, are mm-hmm. just kind of yeah, those are the athletes. Now, and I want to get into one other thing as well, which is, mm-hmm. again, why we wanted to have you on this on this particular episode. Uh, without avoiding any NDAs, you have worked in marketing for Nike. Did not you say without avoiding any NDAs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That means you want him. I want him to oh, break, breach okay. any NDAs. Yeah, 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 yeah. very clear on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you work in sports journalism. You yes. worked across, you know, uh, cultural uh, journalism as well. Mm-hmm. So t- tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what you've been up to and how it might call this or... Um, Why uh, it made sense I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Uh, So for those unfamiliar, my background is in journalism, and it's always run at a kind of an intersection between culture, music, and sport. Mm -hmm. And those are kind of always the topics that I've covered. I've worked for a number of years at ESPN, um, doing everything from live tweeting at Stephen Curry's house (laughs) to uh, covering the World Cup from Rio de Janeiro. And so like my background and the kind of things I'm obsessed with and have a super passionate about have always kind of circulated around sports. Uh, And to Shahir's point, I also worked at Wyden Kennedy, which is the sister agency to Nike. Um, I think a lot of the commercials and kind of the messaging you might see out of Nike has come from uh, Wyden and Kennedy. They've been kind of hand in hand in terms of building that story. So uh, actually during the pan- well, the peak of the pandemic, I was actually living in Portland working on a Nike editorial account to do kind of non-traditional ad work. So and that was actually all inspired by the fact that I grew up watching Nike and being mm-hmm. kind of super invested in terms of Michael Jordan. I am 5'7 and was never really too good at basketball. I played mm. football, but never too good at basketball. But still, Michael Jordan meant kind of this otherworldness. Yeah. I think we talk about the Muhammad Ali's and Michael Jordan and Pele's. You also have to think about the pantheon of most popular humans ever. Ever. Where you yeah. have like... Um, Michael Jordan. Michael, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But Michael, also. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Michael Jackson. Jesus. Muhammad. Yeah. Like in terms of like... The super, Beatles. Yeah, the yeah. Beatles. Super yeah. popular people that kind of transcend everything. Michael Jordan was that. Uh, you wanted to be like Mike. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to dunk like him. You wanted everything associated with him. He played basketball with Bugs Bunny. Like Michael yeah. Jordan is like 
a cultural icon and it's very interesting having younger brothers who are much younger than me where they truly don't understand how Michael Jordan was the center of everything, the center yeah. of the universe, particularly if you're a kid who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, so my, my background, again, was not basketball. Like, there was not, n- none of that world, mm-hmm. and even I revered Michael Jordan. Right. Like, yeah. like I did not watch, but, like, it transcended. Like, it, it got through every one of my friends who did. It got to me. When you, when you had a... When you had to reference someone who was great at anything, yeah. they were the, the Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan of, of blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Spielberg was the Michael Jordan of yep. filmmakers. Yes. Like there, there's there's ways that that just transcended. It became a way to say the greatest of the great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I, I guess what because we're all coming at that from a different point of view. How much do you think? It, I, maybe that was an interesting thing. Again, rewatching the Last Dance is that I wondered over time how much of that was a manufactured idea versus when I rewatched the last times, it was like, Oh my God. Like watching Michael Jordan play basketball was transcendent. Yeah. Right. Like there was, there was like almost, I mean, if you've seen, um, he got game, the Spike mm-hmm. Lee movie, uh, there's a talk in there about Dr. J and you know, when you see, when you saw Dr. J play, you know, there's that famous Dr. J, under the backboard um, um, layup that he yeah, does, yes. it's, it's like trans. It, it is it's poetry in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you watch Michael Jordan play oh, all those years, and I think maybe at the nexus of when televised basketball was reaching the global masses as well, and then at the nexus of what this movie is about, of sports and apparel culture mm-hmm. being ingrained as part of the sport, you know, as yeah. part of the way we talk about this as well. It's like you're right. It's hard to imagine that this athlete was as important to kids as Michael Jackson was, as Madonna was, as the Beatles were back Mm -hmm. in the day. Um, But that, that was, you know, if, if anything that this movie actually got me to do was, you know, is to watch all those clips again. And to the point where I was like, I want to show my son highlight clips of Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. because I think the other thing about him is, um, you know, as the mythology has grown over time, he is now notoriously known as being a very difficult human being, uh, a very challenging human being to Mm -hmm. be around. Like there's, you know, books being written about uh, his teammates aren't, you know, like there's an ongoing feud even this week between Scottie Pippen and him. Yes, and him, yeah. Um, But that sort of competitiveness, Mm -hmm. that otherworldly need to win, and also being able to fulfill that need to win, like mm-hmm. he, 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 he had to win at all costs. Yeah. Everything he does, you see it in the documentary. But he was also capable yes. of winning at all costs. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was completely able. You know, like I, I hear he's an amazing golf player. Yeah, he was a pretty decent baseball yeah, player. Yeah, he you was know, getting guy, better. Yeah, he was yeah. getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just wanna, I guess want to set that up up front, like the because the, there's a monologue in this movie. Which, if you don't understand Michael Jordan, will sound cheesy and unearned, um, and it maybe gets to the line there. But but we are talking about like a very significant human being, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what did you guys think of Ben Affleck's fifth film? Well, first of all, uh, I was confused at what time period it took place <laughs> in until the first needle drop. Yeah, um, which then uh, totally laid me at ease understanding that we were, in fact, in the 80s. Money mm-hmm. for nothing. Uh, I yeah. thought the opening was really, really good. Yep. And then every subsequent five minutes, 
uh, it would drop another 80s track to remind me, yep. to let me know that we are still in the 80s. Yep. Right. Blister in the Sun, Ain't Nobody, Sister Christian, All I Need is a Miracle, Born in the USA, like uh, Rock the Casbah. Like, I was just like, to the point when Jamie and I were watching it, and like every time one of these things came up, there were so many needle drops that I... I would just start redoing the lyrics to uh, to make them about reminding me that we're in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it became comical after a while, and I found it very distracting. Yeah. Overall, I actually really enjoyed the the story the film was was telling itself. I did not really again. I was never mm-hmm. part of the either uh, sports culture, basketball culture, or sneaker culture at mm-hmm. that point. So or ever really. So I was enamored with the idea that I like that this would be spoiler alert for history. This would be the <laughs> first deal that would make it so players actually got a piece of products with their names on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes total sense that that's the case, um, that it would be Jordan being the first one, but I didn't know that that was the onus of it. And I didn't mm. know that that was where this movie was actually kind of going and what the point okay. of it was. <laughs> um, so I, I enjoyed it very much. Again, I can nitpick and uh, like I just did with the 80s tracks. And again, <laughs> all tracks I love. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but come on, it often feels. I, I have a I have a media Go literacy for question for the both of you. Yeah, we know this is an Amazon. This is an Amazon film, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Amazon is guilty of this, I think, and Apple is guilty of this. Yeah. They have, thank you, Zoe. They have a lot of licenses. Yeah. They have a lot of music, mm-hmm. and oftentimes I feel like when a show or a movie is produced by these two companies, they're like, just throw all the fucking songs in it. We can do it. Yeah. And I feel like that lack of restraint is very, like, I know where the thing is coming from before I've even, you know, Mm -hmm. like, if I didn't know. Like, do you guys find that as well? Oh, no, 100%. I think uh, it's funny. I like... It's clearly set in the 1980s. But one of the things I kind of enjoyed about that, it reminded me of 80s and 90s films where there was always like a song playing there. You have like the Eye of the Tiger playing in Rocky. You have um, everybody working for a weekend. I'm trying to think of the film. But you always had like these songs there and they were like a big part of the film. And just because it was an opportunity for those artists to have their music in a movie and so like there's a certain cheese quality to the 90s that i really enjoyed about this and so i think it was very much on the nose but also purposefully on the nose and so in a weird way i kind of like that about it because it was like super corny and i very much remember the 80s and 90s i'm a i was born in 1985 so i was kind of consuming this when i was like baby yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. consuming when i was about 10 uh, early teens even a bit before that and now i can say it's corny but it used to be Wow, this is super cool. <laughs> they left this kid at home and he gets to spend the entire holidays and his mom didn't even think to go back for him. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that makes absolutely no sense and she should have had her children taken away from her. But there's a certain cheese to like that era of movies that I think this film kind of had. Yeah. 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 But what did you so so with with the kind of retrospect of looking at a film that that's kind of playing back to that nostalgia? Mm-hmm. How did you feel the film played, both in terms of that nostalgia, but also in like the world we live in now? Because it's really sitting up saying this is a precursor, or this is essentially the inciting incident to the way you know, in many ways, a sneaker culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's inside inside sneaker culture to um, kind of athletes becoming more than just athletes. Yeah. Like you had a Magic Johnson who was a transcendent, like kind of was a sea change in terms of how basketball was played. And he and Larry Bird. Yeah. But Michael Jordan kind of even was two levels above that, which is yeah. kind of insane if you guys kind of know the history of basketball. Yeah. But so I think it was like a, almost a well-deserved film that he really wasn't in, which kind of also played up the cheesiness factor where you kind of just see a silhouette of this really tall yeah. uh, pre, uh, teenager, 20-something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, and so I think it did uh, It did a great job of that. And I also think like kind of Gen X, you guys ruined the world in a really great way where you right. kind of made it so <laughs> that we, wow, I want to have my own sneaker oh, wow, yeah, I should actually be getting paid for having my own sneaker. Right. And then, like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And I think it did a really great job of doing all of that and showing contemporary kids, uh, I think about uh, Gen X, excuse me, Gen Zers, of, yeah. like, yeah, this is why you guys all have your own personalized account and personalized personality, kind of born from this Michael Jordan era of, like, oh, yeah, he's the guy. We're going to build everything around him. Right. So I think two generations removed they've kind of internalized that and like that's just how everyone approaches the world where yeah. they feel that they are michael jordan of whatever they do yeah. right right yeah, and, yeah. and and the film kind of does this by um so sadie vaccaro is uh tasked with finding the next player that uh nike is gonna embrace Sorry, as yeah. one of their as as one of their key talents and and what's different here it's it's a very strange that this movie sits up nike as an under underdog yeah, in this movie which is yep. you, know, you know like the opening in order to do that they sort of set up this percentage of like mm -hmm. the percentage of the total share of sneaker business in the united states and converse has something like 54 yep. percent uh excuse me if my math is wrong here but adidas has 29 percent mm -hmm. and nike has 17 percent yeah. or something like that it's a very um you know, like in the, we've talked about this on the podcast. There's a very uh, anti-capitalist approach in movies these days. You know, like uh, Triangle of Sadness, Parasite. You know, movies that are really like about eat the rich and, and corporations yeah, yeah, yeah. being mm -hmm. uh, bad. And this movie is is sort of like completely on the opposite spectrum, which is embracing the kind of corporate culture, the internal corporate culture of like we aren't just. Uh, uh, a conglomerate of people for one organizing principle. We're also we also have meaning and we have feelings and we're the underdogs and you know th this movie has that kind of like unusual sort of celebration of what Nike stands for, mm -hmm. um, which which I think is interesting. Yeah, I will say uh, as someone who was kind of uh, this almost reminds me of when we did uh, David Fincher's Mank, uh, yeah. primed to love what this movie stands for and what this movie is about, I did find it to be... Misguided might be the the wrong... Like, might be a little bit too strong of the word mm -hmm. for it because I think it's it's quite enjoyable to watch. It's quite pleasurable. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are great fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And there's clearly a love and respect for what this movie represents. Mm -hmm. But I found that it was oddly undramatic... And also kind of uninteresting in terms of where it's decided to pay its pay its you know focus of attention mm -hmm. and like by uh, by comparison, I don't think King Richard is a great 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 movie. Mm -hmm. It's it's obviously been marred by what's happened at the Oscars, but like that movie telling the story of Serena Williams, um, uh, you know, and and their rise and and, and their father's role in creating the environment mm -hmm. for them that allowed them to play at the level and achieve the success they did was much more dramatically interesting than this film was to watch. And I, and I, I, I felt a little bit 
icky by by what this film was sort of turning its focus towards. Not mm-hmm. not not to say that it's it, it's wrong, yeah. and it, it's 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 a, it's a clear choice. But I felt a little hmm about it. What was the icky <laughs> point? I'm still trying to gather what the because I might agree. I just don't know. I don't know where the. I'm not sure Sonny Vaccaro carries a movie as much as Viola Davis would. Right. You know what I mean? Like Viola Davis's argument that that Michael Jordan, who she plays Dolores Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, and. And makes the argument. By the way, I don't know if this is actually accurate either, but she makes the argument for equity in the actual sales of the shoes. Yeah, um, I think that whether it's accurate or not, it makes for a great argument yes. for this film. Mm-hmm. And there's a great metatextual level to this as well, which yes. is that this is the first movie produced by Affleck and um, Damon's production company called Artist Equity, mm-hmm. uh, which is trying to do sort of something similar, similar in that everyone involved in the making of this film receives equity in the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's an incentivized approach to you know um the way make the, the way this movie made like robert richardson uh, is the dp of this film one of the most amazing cinematographers and will receive equity in this film which i don't know if has ever been the case with anything he's ever worked on um but i found that uh making the focus around vaccaro strassman and uh and phil knight to some extent yeah was a sort of a strange it kind of put me in a strange place did it feel like propaganda there was a little bit of Nike propaganda to it. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I am not opposed to um, films choosing to celebrate what they celebrate. You know, like I, I, I believe the Tetris movie mm-hmm. probably celebrates the idea that Tetris was a great invention and 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 uh, worked. I, I'm so I'm not a you know I'm not I'm not like every movie you know is anti capital you know it needs to be anti capitalist at heart because they're not. Um, but I just I just found that my big assessment of this movie was that. It is a footnote movie about something that ended up being one of the biggest cultural footprints, mm-hmm. but it is it feels like a footnote in the story of how we got there. If that makes sense? No, and, it makes... Le- and it legitimately is a footnote mm-hmm. in The Last Dance as well, which, um, you know, The Last Dance kind of mentions this story, which, which is how this film came about. But also watching it, I felt like it was a footnote. Mm. Does, that, does that kind of make sense? Like, that, that, like if, if you compare it to, say, The Social Network, mm-hmm. um, that story and the and the sort of tension of the idea that these people were making uh, a, a social network that brings people together, but we're essentially tearing each other apart, has dramatic weight to it, and kind of doesn't feel like uh, a side story to what the to what Facebook was. Mm-hmm. This feels like a side story, like a very very small minor story in in what it ends up being representing. So I think maybe side story I agree with you. uh, Footnote probably not as much, but side story very much so. It (laughs) isn't a film about Michael Jordan and kind of what he did, but I also do feel like we have that. Right, like in terms with, with of, the last dance. Yeah, we have that with the last dance. Yeah. Um, if you are older than twenty eight, you probably have some memory of like Michael Jordan being right. everything. Yeah. So I think it was in kind of making a side story, like it was kind of a smart play. Yeah. It's also a smart play in kind of touching on what you just mentioned there, and then previously in terms of all right, was Michael Jordan really just good or was it the marketing behind him? Right. I think it was a combination of both. Right. Where he was this kind of figure that could carry that weight. Right. And so I think if we fast forward to when this film comes out, 2023, I think in terms of everything that um, 
Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are doing with their company. Yeah. It's showing you like, oh yeah, as you're doing these things, it puts a little seed in your brain. Like, yeah, you should be asking for equity in what you do. Right. So that way it kind of changes the paradigm. Same way Michael Jordan changed the paradigm. But like a lot of what you're saying, I do agree with like, it's very much propaganda film. Yeah. It's very much putting <laughs> across like these ideas, uh, puts Nike on a certain pedestal yeah. of how they were this underdog who like scrappy, <laughs> yeah. and they discovered this guy. And, Part of it is true. Like every lie has some truth to it. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. But um, yeah. I think it's com- it's a bit more complex than straightforward. I would say the the way yeah. that this movie uh, this movie is not about tearing down the capitalist system. Yep. This movie is about finding the small moment of leverage that you can to make that capitalist system work for you better. Yes. And in that. I think it's actually, especially with this being an artist equity first film, I think like overall thematically, this is a great story to open that with. I do agree with the side story mm-hmm. thing. And I also agree that we've seen the sort of like Jordan story mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, I the, the, the propaganda element of it is very apparent. Uh, and again, because because I don't know the history of exactly what happened when, who thought of what, etc., uh, but I, look, I don't know uh, Sonny the person. I don't know uh, what was the main guy, Ben Affleck's owner's name, Phil uh, Knight. Phil Knight. Phil Knight. Yes. I don't know Phil Knight's. Uh, you know, maybe this happened exactly like it did. If precedent and or what I know about humans and capitalism and society is anything to say, if Michael Jordan's mother asked for that. There probably wasn't a moment of like, yeah, of course we're going to do it. Like, why not? Like, mm-hmm. it was probably like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? Okay, what can we fucking do? Like, it was probably a moment of of intense anger and like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But because they were in a situation where that whole division would go away if they did not do it, they were forced to do it. I, even if Sonny, even if Sonny wanted that to happen, mm-hmm. which maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. Um, and emails in only move podcast at gmail.com so you know the history better than us. Um, I, it doesn't feel like Phil Knight as the CEO of this company would ever do that because it puts him in the place of like the board is so important in this movie, right? The yeah. board, the board, the board. You went public, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden they're just like, ah, fuck the board. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, today, if anyone does that, you're ousted, uh, you're hoisted by your own petard. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think it was a, it doesn't feel historically accurate, at least, to say it was a triumphant moment where they realized, yes, the athlete does have value. Because, like, also, it's not like at that moment they just decided to change all their contracts with everybody else because, of Mm -hmm. course, like, it did open the door and people did that down the line. But that's not exactly how, uh, in capitalism, if you're not making all of the money, even if you're making a lot of the money it's not enough mm-hmm. so uh that felt weird and propagandic to me right. um again it's kind of odd because you watch it and ben affleck and matt damon are very likable in their weird little roles yeah um jason bateman also mm-hmm. great chris tucker really really fun yeah. i haven't seen chris tucker forever yeah same i miss chris tucker um zoe misses chris tucker too <laughs> <laughs> um and so i don't know i it's one of those. I, I have complicated feelings about this movie because I en- really enjoyed watching it, but I'm. But also, I could see the propaganda that we're bringing up here, and I'm not familiar enough with the history and the culture around it. Where outside of a tertiary, like, ooh, that was a fun watch, mm-hmm. uh, and I love '80s music. 
I, I don't I don't feel um, I'm qualified enough to really like dive deeper than that. Yeah. Um, but again, I, the artist equity thing is something that I wasn't familiar with. And this feels so appropriate. I, from 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 that point of view, I can understand why mm-hmm. they picked them. Oh, a thousand. Yeah. Like, like it, it makes a hundred. It, it's a perfect uh, alignment of what they want to do versus a story that they feel that they should tell as their first film. Perfect alignment. I it, it's the other side of it, which is that which is that essentially we're telling the story of one of the most significant athletes of our of our time, yeah. and and it's essentially it's a story about like a couple of guys in a marketing office. Well, they're not telling that story though. Well, yeah, that, in this story, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a and, 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 and that and that's and you're correct. They're not telling that story, and 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 it is a it's a it's not a misstep. That is a choice that they that they're yeah. aiming to make, um, but it feels. Like we're not looking at the interesting thing, but we. But I think to Stephen's point, the 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 we've seen the interesting thing many other places. We've mm. seen that interesting thing many other places. There is there a chance that this is now also interesting? And and, and you're yeah. correct. And I think that is the gambit. And I'm. I guess my response is I'm not sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you know, fair. you know, like I'm not no, sure. yeah, straight up. Yeah, fair, listen, yeah. there might be a reason. There's 20 80s tracks on this <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Like keeping the energy up. Mm-hmm. Men in offices, one woman in the scene. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. It's like okay. There, there's an interesting thing as well that I want to talk about, which is that it did come up in Argo and Argo you know like Ben Affleck uh, again I want to stress this as well I really admire and respect Ben Affleck and and you know what he and Matt like that moment at the was it 98 Oscars and 97 Oscars when they win for Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. that's like a watershed moment for any young person wanting to get into the film industry yeah. or just thinking about like two people two best buds like writing a movie and going all the way to the Oscars and like making huge careers out of it and I think Affleck's transition uh, to a director has been amazing you know like uh, I, I, I for me his best film is still Gone Girl um uh, Gone Baby Gone. Sorry, yeah. he wasn't Gone Girl, uh, but Gone <laughs> Gone Baby Gone. I think is amazing. And then I've 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 sort of liked the films a little less each time. Yeah. And Argo was an interesting one because Argo again is another watershed moment for him because it wins Best Picture. Uh, he doesn't win for Best Director, uh, I believe, but he gets you know all the accolades for for bringing that movie to they life. They were told, I believe, and this is a direct quote to Argo fuck himself. Argo fuck himself. <laughs> but there's an interesting thing about Argo, and I do need to revisit Argo. But I felt when I was watching Argo that there was, you know, like obviously when you tell a true story, yeah. uh, dramatic license is on the table. But I felt as I was watching Argo that a lot of dramatic license had been taken on this movie. And if you go and read like the the analysis that's been done of what happened in the true story of Argo versus what actually happened, it is sort of noted that that not a lot of the dramatic tension of Argo actually ever occurred. Um, and in fact, uh, <laughs> maybe this is the personal one, but like the Canadian government has taken umbrage with Argo. The New Zealand government right, has taken right, umbrage right, right, with right, Argo right. because of like the way it's, it's, it's demonstrated that it's su- suggested in the movie that New Zealand refused to help the Americans, which is just hundred percent, 180 degrees, not the case. Sure. Um, and uh, so, th- so there's a little bit of dramatic rewriting that goes on there in the case of, Air. There's one thing that happens at the end of the movie, which is that they mention that uh, George Raveling, uh, George, uh, sorry, um, George uh, Raveling, which is played by Marlon Wayans in the film, was a key figure in the actual uh, signing of Michael Jordan to Nike. And and in fact, when I went and looked at it afterwards, this was um, this was what Michael Jordan had to say about this movie, not just about this movie, but about Sonny Vaccaro, the person at the center of this movie. 
Sonny Vaccaro likes to take the credit, but it really wasn't him. It was George Raveling. George Raveling was me with me in uh, on the 1984 Olympics team as assistant coach under Bob Knight, and he always used to try and talk to me and say, "You got to go with Nike. You got to go with Nike. You've got to try." Mm-hmm. And also the story of David Bulk, who's played by Chris Messina in the film, uh, you know, is kind of positioned here as like. You will never. You should never go with Nike. Like, why the fuck would Michael Jordan go with Nike? And if you look at, at like actual reporting at the time, he's kind of a key figure in ensuring that Michael Jordan does go to Nike. Mm-hmm. And and so there's this kind of like, I'm watching it going. I don't know if Sonny Vaccaro is the key figure in this in this story. Yeah. And then as you start to like read about like what actually happened, you're sort of like, is he? key figure in the story there's there's an interesting thing with movies that straddle almost like corporate structure history yeah. mm-hmm. because Sonny's job at nike is the central job to do the thing that is the crux of this yeah. movie now it makes a simpler narrative if you make him the real driving force behind it because you can put that all together if it's two or three other people around Sonny. That's harder to tell a compelling and succinct story around. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get the conceits narratively. Yeah. If he, he could be like the glue that holds all the interesting pieces yeah. together, but it's much more easy if you just make him all those pieces. And then in the movie, when Viola Davis speaks about about you know, like Sonny's making an argument in the movie that Michael Jordan is going to be this great yeah. you know person, and that you know, like in in that sort of amazing monologue. You know, he sort of suggests we are all going to try and orbit your circle because you, be, just to say that we have touched greatness because you are greatness, mm-hmm. and I and I kind of felt that that was a Viola Davis or that was a you know like a story of Michael Jordan's mom more than anything like 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 her you know because when she says you should you should we should value our worth like I felt that was that story you know like yeah. like kind of at play a little bit more uh, it, it's. Again, I'm not suggesting the movie doesn't work, and I'm not suggesting that it's not like charming to watch and fun and and you know like all that sort of stuff. I'm just sort of as I watch it go, is this the story? You know, like yeah. No, I think it's uh, it's a version of the story. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, there's a lot of other literature about this event. There's some. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a great uh, ESPN article by Wright Thompson about kind of where Michael Jordan's from. Yeah. And kind of what really informed kind of how his parents. Yeah. Saw this. Yeah. Like actual moment to be with Nike outside of basketball where yeah. they really had faith in their son. They saw this as like a really key moment. Yeah. And also. Uh, Michael Jordan has often been criticized about not necessarily speaking out on the issues. Harvey Nat, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Harvey Gant, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not necessarily uh, being too political, yeah. kind of not being outspoken as you might see with a lot of uh, current day athletes or yeah. even a generation before him, like you might have saw with a um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right. or yeah. Bill Russell. He's often been criticized for that. However, that Wright Thompson article kind of touches on this idea of. Kind of being quiet about how you move and being a bit more strategic about how yeah. you um, kind of interface in the world. And mm-hmm. there's something Matt brought up where uh, this wasn't going to take down capitalism, yeah. but it was going to show you how you can get your piece of the pie. Right. And I think that's something that his mom and I know also his father very much preached and kind of put in his head. Yeah. And it's um, it did bring about a massive sea change in terms of how athletes then negotiated their contracts yeah. and which is why they were able to then get a Charles Barkley of the world yeah. because Charles Barkley tells a great story of how he was negotiating for 3 million from Nike to get that which would have been 
even better than Michael Jordan's, but he actually had a conversation with Michael where Michael was like, why don't you just get a million in equity in the company? Right. And then it starts changing the paradigm yeah. of how you look at it. So I think one of the, while this, I kind of agree with you, like this is propaganda, it does kind of open it up for people to kind of look a bit more into the story yeah, and kind of look at some of the other factors that might have informed the decisions that you see from the character. And I actually do like it that we don't hear from Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think, I, I, very, I think it's a good choice. And I yeah. think it's very consistent with how Michael Jordan actually operates. Yeah, We've yeah. never actually <laughs> heard much from Michael Jordan about what he thinks, kind of what his politics are. He's very apolitical, and he's kind of a Blake canvas, I think, yeah. on purpose, outside of being... A sociopath in terms of competitiveness. <laughs> yeah, he's very much a blank canvas, and so you can put whatever you want on him. And that's probably yeah. why he worked a lot more than uh, than other uh, athletes that would come around at the same period. Um, it's why um, Muhammad Ali has a complicated uh, relationship with capitalism in mm -hmm. many ways. But it, but but I also think that there is an interesting the the interesting problem here is that the things that we're bringing up are not critiqued by the movie or addressed by the movie mm -hmm. at all. So it, it's kind of, it, it, there's a, the, you, start, you start to wonder if the movie is unaware of the complex, of the complexity of this issue. No, I think the movie just shows what story yeah, it wanted yeah. to tell. Yeah, I think so too. I right, that, but, yeah. the, but do, do you feel that the conversation around the things that we're talking about is more interesting than what the movie is talking about? Yes, but um, I don't think you were going to get that from this movie. Right. Like, I think this movie had a very specific purpose, and the people who put money behind this movie yeah. wanted it to do a very specific thing. Yeah. And I think the fact that we're having this discussion about it <laughs> might have kind of been a hope that they might have had because yeah. they may have wanted people to be more critical of it. But I do think they went out to make a cheesy yeah. 90s and, movie. And yeah. slightly, the, 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 there is that air of propaganda to yes. it as well. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It's uh, called air. Yeah. Maybe that's the subtitle. Maybe it's air of propaganda. <laughs> yeah. I, because, you know, another film that uh, that I'm thinking about is Bennett Miller's um, Moneyball. Yes. You know, Moneyball is a story that uh, I really have no association with in terms mm -hmm. of like, same. Understanding of, of the and, uh, or sabermetric yep. mm -hmm. or anything um, that was happening in that period, but I watched that movie with a sense of they're really tapping into something that's interesting about the idea, which is that is uh, can you buy a win, and if you buy a win, is it a legitimate win, mm -hmm. and and also um, can you orchestrate with the minimalist with minimal resources, but still also operate within capitalism, and yeah. I think that you know like the that movie kind of gets into that topic mm -hmm. and kind of navigates that that issue sort of in an interesting way. Yeah. Whereas I think this movie doesn't feel interested in exploring much other than this is the deal that was struck. It was important for these mm -hmm. reasons. And there you go. Can I point out one reason why that might have been the case? Comparing those two movies. Yeah. Michael Jordan's black. This is an important thing. So here, yeah. once you start. Pulling back those layers of ownership, yeah. equity, and different things. Yeah, that becomes a lot more complicated conversation if you're trying to sell people on something. Do you think the movie addresses like, I, because you 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 touched on something here that's really important, which is in terms of Michael Jordan's blackness. Yeah, um, he was fascinating to watch from that period because his blackness was almost irrelevant, mm -hmm. right? Like, or it didn't it didn't. It, 
Will Smith has this amazing thing about like crossover artists that yeah, he yeah. always talked about. And it was like, he always talked about the fact that crossover artists really means white, pe- uh, white people appreciating black people. Yes. That's what that's crossover all it means. Yeah. yeah. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean going the other way at all. Yeah. And Michael Jordan was, is, is plays right into that, which mm-hmm. is that white people appreciated Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. regardless of his uh, ethnicity or, or his race. Um, the movie doesn't focus, doesn't even bring that into the issue when it's clearly a relevant part of both Michael Jordan's ascendancy, the time and place that we're in, 1984, Reagan-era capitalism, and the idea that a black athlete from North Carolina can strike a deal this big mm-hmm. um, is is clearly kind of in the air about it. But maybe you're right, though. You know, as, as I'm saying it out loud, Michael Jordan's apoliticalness is kind of maybe the reason why he's able to move in the room. Why the movie doesn't address it. Mm -hmm. You know, like why the movie doesn't like bring this up. Maybe. And and Jordan's actually, I think, is has there's a you're right, which is that a lot of people do focus on the fact that Jordan is apolitical and doesn't talk about race or politics or, or very much. But, you know, the argument that he's leveled is like, why should I? You know, like you don't expect white 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 athletes to do this. Why should I have so to? So do I don't this? know if that's necessarily <laughs> what he's argued. I think he's just kind of shut his mouth because I don't think he. You know, like again, he's so focused yeah. on the actual game itself. And so I think it's a bit more subversive. <laughs> it's like again the Charles Barkley conversation. Yeah. Like instead of getting money, get equity. Right. And that in itself is kind of radical. Yeah. Particularly as like. A black person from the South, both of them being that. Yeah. It's a radical idea of like, oh, all right, cool, cool, cool. Clearly this thing is going to be made. Yeah. I would like equity in it. The interesting thing is yeah. that Nike offered Magic Johnson equity. Mm-hmm. And he he, t- he, t- he turned it down because he didn't understand equity. Yeah. But it's I think he's, he said that it would be worth a billion dollars now in mm-hmm. equity if he had kept it at that yep. point. Yeah. But, and th- that would be an interesting. Which is an interesting <laughs> thing that his mom is the one who pushed for it. She right. was like, Mike, who's going to get that car? Yeah. He'll forget about it in a year. Right. Yeah. But he's going to have this, and we, he has an entire movie about him and his mom telling him that. And and yeah. it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Michael Jordan made more money from um, sneakers, the sneakers by far. Oh than, yeah, than yeah Michael Jordan is a, a billionaire because of this. Right. This yeah. is why he's a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think the movie is navigating some really. It, it, it's sort of dancing on the surface of really interesting topics, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's that interest interested in going down those lines and it's it's not again it's it's not that that it's incapable of doing that it's not that ben affleck is incapable of doing this he made a movie about tehran mm-hmm. you know like um and, and the politics of that but but again he also made kind of a surface level movie about it a surface level thriller um but yeah i i just sort of I watched it with a sort of like, yeah, this is an interesting moment in time, but I'm not sure that the movie's really exploring much beyond that. Here's what I think. I think Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wanted to make a movie about uh, a artist getting equity. Yeah. Uh, and then they knew that this was sort of a big moment in that thing. Yeah. And then they knew they had to get Nike on board to let them do all their stuff. So they wrote a story that was Nike underdog. Look, oh, scrappy. Look at these wonderful people who ran the company. Oh, look, this is the first time this happened with athletes. Hooray. This is how artists get equity. I think like it, knowing that piece of it. The, 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 and again, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's just something that we were all kind of calling out, yeah. like knowing the behind the scenes or, or, or assuming the behind the scenes of yeah. why this was produced uh, makes it make a lot more sense. And in a way, I don't know if that makes me uh, more OK with it or more annoyed with it. I'm going to kind of like sit with that for a minute. 
Uh, but as far as just sitting down and watching this thing and and uh, listening to 116 tracks from the 80s, uh, <laughs> I you know it was a good time to watch, especially. At, uh, this is where I will say the movie is successful. I don't care about shoes or basketball, and I liked this movie, and mm-hmm. I was following it, and I and I know that. I, I, it's funny. I didn't know off the top. It just makes sense that Michael Jordan was the first of these deals of that time. Yeah. But like, I when the equity thing came up, or when the when the when the yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like the price per shoe or whatever it was, I was like, oh yeah. Like I wasn't even thinking about that because this this culture, mm-hmm. this business of it, is never on the forefront of my mind. And then that was a moment when when his mom says that, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and like that's when I like mm-hmm. dug in. And then I thought. Huh, it's a little weird that now everyone's on board with it. Because I was like, this is near the Cause, end cause, of the movie. The way, yeah, that, the way it also depicts uh, Phil Knight kind of agreeing to it, he's just like, like, at the beginning of the movie, he's very like, the board needs to do this. You can't get more than $500,000. You know, you can't get more than $250,000. And in the way it kind of, like, I, I love this about Ben Affleck movies as well, by the way. There's like, there's always got to be a workout session which clears the air. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like, and he's like, in this, it's like him running up and down the street. And it's like, it's funny because it's such a like, oh, we need a moment where Phil Knight is thinking about this yeah. and it's it's uh phil also there's this funny thing which is that phil knight is a kind of uh he, he feels like a small person and ben affleck's a very big, big person, person. Yeah. and like when he runs it's like I, i'm just watching and going ben affleck's a monster yeah. and that dude is huge it's phil, fucking batman phil knight <laughs> d- like changes because the plot needs him to yeah, in this yeah, movie. yeah. Mm-hmm. and and that that felt a little odd though <laughs> though because will because will... he jumps for like five hundred thousand, and then also like Equity is like, fuck it, let's do it. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm like, is that really? Is that how it would go? Phil Listen, uh, so we got that. That's on one side of the argument. Mm-hmm. The other side of the argument is the Bret Hart sunglasses. And <laughs> that, to me, will wipe away a lot of the, <laughs> the things that I am uh, upset Well, that is just like the final shot. Of Phil Knight. It's That's also like, yeah. it's also, also on the poster. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of us will be wearing those sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I I love the Ben Affleck workout moments. Mm-hmm. Like you got like Batman has it. I think Argo has it. Uh, it's like you got to have a moment where Ben Affleck's doing something physical. Yeah. That's. That's how Ben Affleck thinks. Or th- well, that's how his characters like work out their problems. But I yeah I. You know, Matt, when we were doing um, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, mm-hmm. we sort of talked about billionaires. Yep. This is a story of billionaires. Mm-hmm. Well, this eventual is, billionaires, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the point, Phil, Phil Knight's maybe not a billionaire at he's this not, point. Yeah, but, he, but, you know, like it points out at the end of the movie that he's worth $40 billion. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, and, he, and then there's this weird byline, he gave away $2 billion in charity. I was like, that's an interesting thing to put in here. Congratulations. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Pat a, on the backs yeah. all like, around. This is a movie celebrating the eventual rise of a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Like without Two any billionaires. Cri- two. two billionaires. Yeah. Here's the thing. No, I think it's so funny. I think this is a movie celebrating an artist becoming a billionaire. and But but also knowing that it's a historical piece, they have to acknowledge that there's other people that made more money, and then they kind of apologize for that mm-hmm. by putting, like, but, like, he gave away, like, the same amount that Michael Jordan made to charity. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that he's also a great person. Yeah. And you're kind of like... <laughs> Okay, I, I, and I've got nothing against Phil Knight, by the way. I Same. haven't read Shoe Dog. Yeah. I have nothing against Phil Knight other than him being a billionaire. I've, Stephen, I've talked about this in the past. Like, I don't believe that there's many truly, truly ethical ways for someone to become and maintain themselves being a billionaire. Mm-hmm. So, as a human being, other than that, and what has to had to have been done to do that, sure. Great. I mean, we can talk about sweat shops. We can talk yeah, about we can like, talk about, like all that. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about yeah. excessive consumerism. Yeah. The idea yeah. of like so there's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. to unpack. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, look, if that if they need that little byline at the end of the film to kind of as a little palate cleanser, and it also listen, yeah. nothing does your reputation better than having Ben Affleck or Matt Damon <laughs> play you in a movie. Play you in a movie, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of uh, What did you think of the making? Well, what do you think of the shoe? Oh, I think I, it's interesting. Uh, the shoe is kind of a cultural thing. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, if you guys can't see it, but Shahir is on IMDb. You know, go back to the IMDb page. Uh, Spider Man is wearing Jordans. Spider Man wears Jordans. Yeah, Spider Man yeah. wears Jordans. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider Man, has his own Jordan. He has two of his own Jordan. Yeah. Like it is something that transcends culture. I think the simplicity of the shoe, having particularly worked there at uh, White and Kennedy and kind of one of the projects we were tasked with yeah. was kind of giving this um, the story of the Air Jordan 1 a kind of feel for Gen Z. Yeah. I think uh, the design is the simple. I always like simple things, and I think simplicity is genius. Yeah. And I think what they put together was a very simple shoe that kind of has transcended time. And yeah. so I love the design of the shoe. I, I, I love know. the story of Peter Moore in yeah. this, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love the idea of this dude they literally, like, it, for better or worse, keep in the fucking in basement. basement. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're making all these deals. We're doing this stuff. Hey, Phil. Uh, make or, us a shoe, hey, hey, Peter. You have to you have to go and make us this thing now. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye. And yeah. like they work on it with yeah, them a yeah. little, but like he's the one doing it, and mm -hmm. he's like an odd dude who like I hope that skateboarding thing is yeah. like true. But also like, the way Strauss like he starts talking in that meeting about the shoe, and he's like he's talking about like you know so uh, the aesthetic of the shoe, and also how like we'll mold the shoe to fit you. It'll yes. be perfect for you. There's an interesting thing in the Last Dance, which is that Michael Jordan in the 1998. Uh, playoffs comes back. Uh, his what he thinks might be his last time playing yeah. Madison Square mm -hmm. Garden. He comes back and he wears the air, uh, the, yep. the, the the Jordan ones. And he's like, at the end of it, he's like, he's a he's a fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's like, at the end of the game, his feet are bleeding because they're mm -hmm. so bad. Um, but I like in terms of that, then Strassman just cuts him off. And he's like, thank you, thank you, Peter. And just yeah. like it's it's not a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, it is part of the conversation. Yeah, it's very much part of the conversation. Yeah. I think one of the it happens in one of the meetings, I believe, with Converse. Yeah. Where his mom is like, because uh, Sonny has kind of given her these things to ask yeah. in the meetings with Adidas and uh, Converse. And she starts asking questions about, oh, how does my son stand out with your shoe that yeah. every other athlete is wearing? Yeah. And they're like, uh, well, don't really worry about that. He's not Magic Johnson. He's not like uh, Bird. And the other and Adidas, they basically go, well, you don't really need to. Like, this shoe is like the best basketball shoe imaginable. Yeah. And I think the idea of having something specific to the person yeah. is the thing that sells and the thing that made it transcendent. And then to your point about the last dance uh, and the shoe just kind of being uncomfortable, <laughs> there's been about uh, 30 mm -hmm. other yeah. Air Jordans in which they've kind of innovated in terms of the technology within the shoe. There's actually a great line he says where he's like, all right, do you want the shoe for look or yeah. innovation? And they're like, well, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. It's like the only time a shoe has actually been innovated was making a right or left shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, just give us the look. <laughs> and I think what you kind of see later on in kind of Nike's uh, evolution is like aerosol technology yeah. and them trying different technology put into shoes. And I think these are kind of little tidbits, but like really cool kind of moments for like, I guess, the sneakerheads. Yeah. So actually, yeah. I just remembered something from my past. Uh -huh. uh, I used to sell shoes. Right. Oh, wow. I used to work at a full service shoe sales. My first job outside of doing construction with my dad, mm -hmm. I worked at Bob stores in New Hampshire. Oh, right. wow. And so I uh, had to learn all about 
shoe technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually sent us to a, some stadium in Massachusetts. Reebok did, or they worked with Reebok and they showed us like all the different stuff and like let us run in them and do all like they, there was a lot of like technology mm-hmm. stuff. But the thing that I did take away from that, what you kind of have to drill down beyond the the corpo speak and the and the uh, marketing of it all, mm-hmm. is. Even the air technology isn't relatively new. Like, like I think I love the line about the last time innovation happened was the right and the left. Like, it's all kind of the same. Like, the physics are the same. Mm-hmm. The material is different. Yeah. And it's so fascinating that, like, I, I look at shoe – or I used to look at shoe branding, and I'm yeah. like, the, none of this – it's all – it's just – it's the pads, man. Like, it, the bottom line, this movie is about marketing. Yes, yeah. Uh, and the power that marketing can have and the money you can make if you market yourself or your company correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because the movie also calls out, like, <laughs> the end of the day, the product, the physical thing people are buying, it doesn't really matter so long as there is an implied value to the consumer yeah. based around the marketing. And because the speech that I do agree felt a little bit more like a Viola Davis speech mm-hmm. than a Sunny speech, mm-hmm. Uh, about like wanting to be a, have a piece of it or be in the orbit of it, that makes total sense because why do people buy Jordans? Mm. Yeah. Because they want. Yeah. But like, and it's funny. But then the marketing becomes the. Please correct me if I'm wrong yeah. on this. The marketing becomes the point later on down the timeline. Like people that have that know nothing about basketball want fucking Jordans. Yeah. Because right. it's the best. Mm-hmm. Like it's mar- It is the best from the best person who did this the thing. thing. Yep. Which <laughs> might not have to do with anything else that you are doing. Mm-hmm. It, and you know like playing basketball um, there's a funny thing which is that we as basketball players we're always like interested in what shoes we're doing but not from an aesthetic point of view because from when you're playing basketball, especially in that age, you didn't wear the sneakers outside of the basketball court. Yeah. So you only wore them on the basketball court. And for for us, Jordans were not well. You know, maybe it's my perception. Jordans were not considered great basketball wearing sneakers. This I, is true. I I, yeah. I owned. Um, if I'm looking back in memory, I owned the eights. Uh, which had the the innovative technology there was that they had mm-hmm. the velcro on the side and the crisscross that covered up the laces uh, and and like the idea there was was that you would have you could lace them up tighter yeah. and then like have more uh, stability in the shoe and then, and then my thing that I had a problem with is I had bad ankles ah. so I always went for high tops but what I really wanted was the Jordan Elevens uh, mm. which were the low top sneakers yeah. because I felt that would make me faster there is nothing more humbling though and I want to point out this guy Masaki Muir uh, he probably doesn't listen to this podcast but is a memorable person in my life because there's nothing more humbling than lacing up your Jordans and feeling like you're ready for a game and getting absolutely dunked <laughs> on by this dude yeah. wearing like uh, running shoes. Mm-hmm. Masaki Muir destroyed me. It was like, it was one of the most humbling moments in my life was like, you know, I'm six foot four. This dude, I think is maybe a little bit shorter than me yeah. and just soars over me and dunks on me. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's not the shoes. I love it. <laughs> and back to Matt's point, I think it is a bit more about the marketing because we talk, they're not the best shoes. Yeah. Right? Like Adidas was like, no, this is the best shoe. Like, yeah. This yeah. Is, doesn't matter. We but don't but need they, to they, it. they, Jordan well, is the best, best player. player. And so marketing, it's the best shoe. In fact, it's so good we had to ban it from the NBA. Mm. But it doesn't matter. We'll pay for that. He's just going to wear this really cool thing. Yeah. And then it creates this hype where you're like, oh, wow, the NBA won't even let him wear it. And he's doing it. It's bad. I yeah. want it. It's yeah. Particularly if you're a teenager. Yeah. yeah. And so like, oh, it's all about the marketing. Of the you, shoe, remember, yeah. you remember the scene in, in Do the Right Thing where uh, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito is yeah. like, mm-hmm. you scuffed my brand new mm-hmm. pairs of Jordan. Yeah. That's $100 or 108 with tax. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. 
That is the thing. Yep. That is the thing. And like, you know, for me, again, Spike Lee's association with Michael Jordan as well was like really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, the Mars Blackman campaign, I think even addresses that idea, which is that Jordan is saying it's not the shoes, it's not the shoes. Yeah. But Blackman is saying it's, it's got to be the shoes. Yeah. It's got to be the shoes, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's like there's this tension there, which is that it's clearly not the shoe. Yeah. Like there's no, <laughs> nobody's going to wear the lace up mm -hmm. a pair of Jordans and become a modicum better than they were a second ago. Yeah. But it's the idea that you're orbiting the circle of of greatness, mm -hmm. and that's what Michael Jordan represented. Exactly. It's yep. like for me, I wasn't a great basketball player, but what I appreciated about Michael Jordan is this idea that he was like, "I'm going to outwork everybody. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to play, and I'm going to be fiercely competitive. The only thing that matters right now is winning." Mm -hmm. Well, you know? Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are the Michael Jordan <laughs> of getting artist equity when it comes to filmmaking. Right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> Anything else on on the uh, on no. the film? I I I feel like this is one of those movies that I got way more out of the conversation mm -hmm. with the both of you on than just watching it. Again, mm -hmm. I liked watching it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But this is a really cool movie to start conversations about mm -hmm. the specific topics yeah. that it is covering, or that it skirts to the side. Mm -hmm. Do you so, think you'll go back and watch it? And, no. No. Fair, absolutely. Fair, not. Fair, okay. No, um. Yeah. Because I. But you know what? I might yeah. do sometime. And this might sound a bit. Uh, full of ourselves, I might go back and listen to this episode sometime when I want to like think about these things again because like this to me is more interesting than the than the possibly propagandic history of how mm -hmm. it all came to be. Um, but yeah. yeah, anyway, this has been the only podcast about the film Air. Shahir, what's your subtitle? My subtitle is um, Air, making average basketball players just as good as they were before. Okay. <laughs> Steven? I had to think about this one, but uh, keep it simple. Just do it, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Air. Get it over with. <laughs> Air. It's up there. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for coming back again uh, for the two-peat. Uh, where can folks find you if they didn't find you the last time when you were going a quarter mile at a time? Yes, thank you guys for having me. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen Wabutz, just add a W instead of an R. It's like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> there we go. Uh, when I'm not hunting Bugs Bunny, you can find me at my website, www.shaherdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-A-R-D-A-U-D. Matt, when you are dunking on me, where can people find you? You can find me next to Michael Jordan and Space Jam, tying everyone's <laughs> things together. <laughs> Over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-Roll.com, my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four periods in Instagram and PSN. And, of course, Emperor MSK on Twitter. Next week, what are we doing, Shahir? We are taking a trip down memory lane with past lives, which I'm very excited about. Again, Stephen, you could have come back for a three-peat, and mm. that would have been very rare, but we're, we're going to avoid that. And then across the, across the Spider-Verse. Possibly next. I don't come, know. It's coming this, up after yeah. that. We've got Elemental coming up after that at some point, which I have a guest coming in for. Uh, this is it's, it's is it the summer? Is it is it summer blockbuster season? I don't know. And I mean, Spider versus Oak. Do they still exist? What summer blockbuster yeah. season? There's a whole podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, apologies, everyone who's listening. My cat is so mouthy this time, mm -hmm. and I don't know if this new board is picking it up or not. So, hey, <laughs> maybe there's a treat. You'll keep looking behind you every time uh, someone's making a salient point. Um, but yeah, next week we'll be doing that, following by the other things. I'm, I'm trying to look at these things and make sure everything is recording. Everybody have a lovely week. We'll talk at you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye.